I want to fight you, Darby. Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird prompts and make weird Dungeons and Dragons characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our 11th episode. And Darby, can you tell our listeners what's new this week? I can. In fact, what's new this week is that we just launched our very own Discord server. There is lots of things for you to do. There's channels for you to discuss with other people. You can get updated on what we're doing in the week. That isn't just updates of our episodes. And if it strikes your fancy, you can catch Pokemon with me, the Pokemon Master. That's right. We already have a group of wonderful listeners who are talking there. So you can join them at the link in our Twitter bio. Another thing that's happening this week is that Darby and I are both going to be participating in the Fuck Cancer Roll Dice charity stream. Fuck Cancer Roll Dice is a yearly streaming event that is dedicated to fundraising for the fight against cancer. They're going to feature a wide variety of different tabletop game systems, and all donations will go directly to Fuck Cancer, which is a United States and Canadian charity dedicated to the early detection and prevention of cancer. You can find more information about Fuck Cancer on their website at letsfcancer.com, and you can join me in Darby this weekend on the Fuck Cancer Roll Dice Twitch stream. Yes, you can catch Harper in the Henshin Heroes game at 9am PST, noon EST, on Friday the 27th, and you can catch me in the Tidebreaker game, 5pm PST, 8pm EST, Sunday the 29th. Yes, and we are so excited for our stream this weekend, but also for the many collaborations that we have coming soon. Some of them are still a little bit too new to tease, but I can tell you that one of them includes this week's guest, who is... The one, the pun-loving, the Noir Enigma. We are so excited that Noir agreed to come on the show. I'm excited to see what you're going to throw at us. Then without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. So, joining us today, we have the Noir Enigma. Noir, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm just very curious to see what we're going to end up making today. Something wild. (laughs) It's always something wild here at Chaotic Creations. (laughs) But before we jump into making a character, Noir, many of our listeners may not know who you are. Would you mind introducing yourself? Oh yeah, hello, I'm Noir. I go by Noir everywhere, but you can find me on Twitch and Twitter as the Noir Enigma because I'm an egomaniac. No, that's that's not funny. Just <laughs> oh my god, this is going poorly already. Oh no, no. <laughs> we're leaving all of this in. <laughs> having an existential crisis already. I do a bunch of live streaming on a bunch of different actual plays. I play a Dampier Paladin on Encounter Row plays Song of the Deep. I play a disgruntled, like, noir-type detective in a cult game on Madame Gandalf's channel. I also play, like, an emo 80s bully and Degrees of Madness over on LFM with a bunch of puppets, which is the most fun thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm gonna get yelled at for forgetting something. (laughs) 
listeners of our podcast may recognize you from the last HP Hero stream because we've had Niffer on as a guest before. Oh, that's right. I I, <laughs> I love Niff so much. She is just a sweetie. I play a Goliath Barbarian who went to Barovia to beat up Strahd and ended up having a baby and getting a dog. So... <laughs> <laughs> Now he's a single father with a dog, trying to beat up Strahd still. <laughs> and that show is actually moving over to TPK, so that's another fun one. And then finally, I played Davos, a very sassy pirate, over on Chromatic Chimera. Yeah, so that's mainly the live plays I do, and then I have a couple of talk shows. I, I don't sleep. <laughs> hey, me neither. I literally went to bed at 6 a.m., I think I stayed up last night rewatching Van Helsing, the one with Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. And I'm yeah. kind of mad at myself because I used to hate that movie, but it's actually pretty decent. It holds up. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not good by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> yeah. but it's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> See, we finished our home game last night at 11.15. It went quite late. I was in bed by 11.45, and I woke up this morning at 7.45. Why, though? <laughs> My partner and I, every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., play doubles tennis with one of our couple friends. Real, real human tennis? Like, I was just about to ask, like... Yeah, like real tennis. Okay, so you choose to wake up early (laughs) on a weekend to do physical stuff? During the weekdays, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. to go and do my workout. So getting to sleep in until 7.30 on the weekends is like, hell yes. Mm. No, you you and I, I think, are on the same wavelength yeah. here. <laughs> I go to bed at 7 a.m. Like, what? Did you- I don't want to tell you how pathetic my morning was this morning because it's like the antithesis of what you did. I snored so loud, I woke myself up, turned over. <laughs> I had a leftover taco. I ate it and went back to sleep. Like- <laughs> wow, I made myself a protein shake and, like, two eggs. You all eat, like, you all have food? <laughs> so, Noir, you play in a lot of different streams, but yes. what first got you into tabletop role-playing? Okay, the first time I played a tabletop game, I was in high school, and I was very into Yu-Gi-Oh! I was undefeated. Well, okay, I might have lost a few times, but my spellcasting <laughs> deck uh, was wrecking house. <laughs> so my buddies were getting me into a bunch of other games. They just got me into magic, and I was like, this is kind of dope. And it was very strange, because after school, all my nerdy friends would just vanish. <laughs> like, so, like, before school, we'd play Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. At lunch, we'd play Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. And then at the end of school they were just gone so like one day they invited me to go see what they were doing and my buddy victor lived real close to the school and that's where they were going and it was it was like stereotypical baby's first dungeons and dragons experience like it was in a basement that was stuffed with like two couches that should not have fit in there it was like an old <laughs> desk that you know I don't know why I was there and then just I saw like little miniatures on the coffee counter and they brought me into it they explained it they were playing 3.5 and I was hooked like immediately I I made my first character her name was Zealot and she was basically Zealot from Wildcats because I was not very creative (laughs) (laughs) and it was a great experience I loved it 
yeah, that was my first Dungeons and Dragons experience, and it was a really awesome one. And I'm starting to realize that not a lot of people get to have a great first experience in Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm really grateful for that. I didn't come to experience the darker side of the hobby until a little bit later, <laughs> when those same friends introduced me to like the old school players who were playing advanced with Thacko and all that. That's when things oh, kind of got. Yeah. That's when things got dark. <laughs> who in the right mind went? To hit armor class zero, that sounds like a good system. <laughs> I guess I'm just guess. It's, it's, it's not even just that. It's just like a lot of the stuff in that edition, it's just, it doesn't lend itself to anything good happening. No. I have a few horror stories that I won't, uh, I won't get in too much detail about, but one of them involved a magic item called the belt of like reverse gender or something. Like whatever you were, it switched oh, you yeah. to... Yeah, it just, I'm like, what, what purpose could that serve? Like, I just, I don't, I, I just, I'm not a fan of the early editions of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> this is why whenever I play the Munchkin card game, I just ignore the gender, because I'm like, this is stupid and old school, and I don't like it. God, I haven't played Munchkin in forever. I can't play Munchkin anymore because I get too competitive. <laughs> <gasps> Mood. I'm that guy that's just like, even if it's like a high level monster, I'm still pumping it up because fuck you. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's how you play Munchkin. You have to just screw over everyone. You do. Yeah, but at some point you're supposed to make deals with people and you're supposed to like... No, 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 no. You make deals and then you stab them in the back like they're going to do to you. You know, there's there's different kinds of players. Everybody <laughs> does it differently. Yeah, stab everyone in the back. Or the front. It's more polite if you do it in front of their face. <laughs> it's better when they see it coming, honestly. It's just... That means Munchkin. Come on. They have to know what's going to happen. There can only be one. There are some games that I believe exist only to end friendships. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's Monopoly, which never ends without a fight. Mm -hmm. I don't play Monopoly. It's a stupid game. I think I've played Monopoly like four times in my life, and that's it. I've played it with my family. And it's the only time I cussed out my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Is cursing allowed in, on this podcast? We bleep it. It's funny. Okay, then good. I'll just say this. My grandma earned it. She was, in fact, being a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the show Blackish? Yes. Yes, I have. There's like an episode where they are playing Monopoly. Do you remember? <laughs> I have not seen that episode, but if it ends with the family, like, almost killing each other, it's a very accurate representation. <laughs> they all gang up on Dre, the father, because he gets way too competitive, and they're like, if you flip the table or rip the board, we each get a hundred real dollars. And in the end, they all just gang up to piss him off, and he goes, I'm being... I'm being bankrupt everything. <laughs> and he just starts screaming and he like picks up the board and he starts like like flipping it. All the pieces and paper goes everywhere and everyone's just staring like, $100! And, like, <laughs> I am immediately going to watch that episode following this. So good. Blackish is so good. Oh my god. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm just going to keep us on the path of the interview. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> So, Noir, what is your favorite thing about Tabletop? My favorite thing about Tabletop is that it's the ultimate representation of 
never really knowing what to expect from somebody. I love every type of art because generally you can't you can't look at somebody and tell that they're an amazing pianist. And with a TTRPG, it's like you can't look at somebody and tell that they can craft a story that's gonna like shake you to your foundation. I have been friends with really meek and quiet people who, you know, at the table become the most ferocious warriors I've ever seen. Like, you know, that have genuinely scared me. And then I've seen like big buff like athletes become like these quiet thoughtful meditative individuals so it's just like it's the one place you can be whatever you want to be or whatever you actually are inside so yeah that's uh that's why i love ttrpg I love that because it's true that like the thing that draws many people into TTRPG, especially in this more modern wave, where we're really seeing a huge for the really the first time like a huge diversity in who plays D and D. Yeah, is like it really just lets you be whoever you want. I mean, that's exactly it. And, you know, a lot of credit to the bigger streams out there. You know, obviously your Adventureland and, uh, or Adventure Zone and uh, Critical Role for bringing people in. A lot of people come in expecting the same kind of magic that they get as a viewer of those streams. But it's different when you're a player. And, you know, as a GM, the first time you get to put somebody in a situation where it's like, no, this isn't you watching somebody be the hero. This is you being the hero. Like the second, you, like as a GM's bringing that moment to newbies uh, in the space is like one of my favorite things. So Noir, you do quite a lot of DMing. Mm-hmm. I know that you've DM'd a one shot for me before, which is really fun. And if anyone wants to watch that, you can go watch that on Noir's Twitch channel. You should. It's awesome. <laughs> but you also play quite a bit. Is there a character, either a PC or an NPC, that is the favorite character you've ever created? And why are they your favorite? Oh, I can give you an NPC. That's my favorite. It, like, I can't pick a PC because they're all my babies. <laughs> but my favorite NPC that I ever created was Mickey Marco, who had a shop. And I get made fun of about this. I run settings forever i have a D setting that i created called gloria that's about 20 years old <laughs> which is you know that's where your one shot took place in that world there is a halfling who has a store his name is mickey marco and the name of his store is mickey marco's magic mimic makery don't touch anything <laughs> <laughs> it, it has the words don't touch anything in it that's the full name of his store mickey marco's magic mimic bakery don't touch anything amazing <laughs> <laughs> and so you can imagine i had players who would come in and they would try and touch things and they would almost get their hands bitten off it got to the point where my players enjoyed them so much they made me like do a commercial for them so he's just like, come on down to Mar- uh, Mickey Marco's Magic Mimic Makery. We've got mimics for all your mimic needs. If you need home security, you know, we've got beds that are mimics. We've got chairs that are mimics. We've got toilets that are mimics. We've got a bowl of oranges. The bowl is mimic. The oranges are mimics, except for one. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just this, it's, you know, and, you know, obviously no public restrooms. The restrooms are mimics. Like, it's just this thing that kept getting sillier and sillier until one game that I was playing in that world somebody decided they wanted to rob Mickey Marco's Magic Mimic Bakery don't touch anything so you so I had to actually go through and do his inventory to see how much stuff he had 
and you know, I had a bunch of commercials and you know, just a bunch of I, I played this character in a bunch of other storylines. So just counting the amount of items that we joked around about him having, he had 75 mimics <laughs> and they all attacked this one player who decided it was oh a good God. idea to attack. That's the dumbest way to die. <laughs> That's getting added to the list of dumbest ways to die in a D&D campaign. Rob a mimic shop. That's a cleric going, no? <laughs> Find some other way to come back to life. Of course, this was a bard that did that, just so everybody is aware. Of course, the bard is like testing, testing the rules. Like, I'm just gonna run my fingers over everything. Don't touch anything. I like to think the cleric is looking at them and being like, I can't wait to go to your funeral knowing I could have changed the outcome of that. <laughs> <laughs> knowing I could have. But I wouldn't. I think it was one of those kind of testing the, the GMs to see, like, would you really pull the trigger on this? And, I mean, in my defense, the name of the store is Mickey Markle's Magic Mimic Makery. Don't touch anything. I don't think I could have been any more clear as a GM as to <laughs> what would happen. If you touch things. <laughs> no, I think that that's perfect. That's a fair warning. Yep. I mean, at that point, it's like, why would you... Why would you touch so many things too? Like, <laughs> I imagine it being the kind of like you touch one thing and you bump backward and it accidentally touch another thing and it sets off like a domino effect of knocking over every mimic and now they're all like at you. Now they're all like dinner. I was able to tell them though, like you knock over a bowl of oranges and all of the oranges grow fangs except one. <laughs> so <laughs> you found the one orange. <laughs> Congratulations. Now perish. <laughs> yep. I didn't realize how vicious mimics were either until that until that moment. Well, they're bad. Even just one mimic. Oh, yeah. Our DM gave us a mimic last night purely because our rogue thought a rug might be a mimic. So she threw her knife down in it to check it and it wasn't. And our DM was like, hmm, interesting. And so in the next room, there was a bed and the rogue sat down on the bed and one of the pillows attacked her. <laughs> no, no, she didn't just sit on the bed. She, like, laid down, lounged on the bed very, like, mm, come hither, like, toward an NPC. So it was like half, that was a good idea about a mimic, and half... Stop flirting with the NPC. We're about to face a boss battle. <laughs> the last time that I faced an actual mimic, the GM was Sarah Franco. She is fantastic. She comes up with one shots purely based on like a musician that she's a fan of. So one of the one shots was based on Phil Collins. She gave us real mimic vibes about this chest. And so we were terribly paranoid. But finally we gutted up, opened up the chest and it wasn't a mimic. And there were three items in there. There was an orb, there were like a, a books and then there was a dagger. Somebody grabbed the orb, everything was fine. Somebody grabbed the book, everything was fine. Of course I grabbed the dagger and the dagger was a mimic. So... <laughs> <laughs> I can't be mad. Like, that's the point of mimics. They are a creature that exists solely to torture your players. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. We run into three mimics, I think, in our campaign. We've only run into two mimics. We run into a door and we've run into a pillow. The tree. The tree <laughs> a was pillow a mimic. mimic. Oh, yeah, the tree mimic. <laughs> the tree mimic was a pain in the butt. <laughs> I, hope, I hope not, actually. <laughs> And all three of them attacked our rogue. Our rogue goes first. I think your GM's trying to tell your rogue something. <laughs> I think your rogue needs to chill. <laughs> <laughs> to whoever your rogue is, tell him no. I said, hey, chill. <laughs> <laughs>
She's just doing the rogue thing where she like goes ahead of the party. The coolest experience I've, I've had with a rogue that just goes off on their own is they're playing like a very piratey based rogue and so the druid mm. would just be a parrot on their shoulder so you got the best of the investigation and the perception noir are you ready to create a character with us oh yes i am ready to create someone today excellent i hope they're not awful <laughs> harper hit us with that prompt <laughs> In honor of the many technical difficulties that we have had in trying to get this recording up and going, I have picked a very special class and subclass for you, and it is from the Unearthed Arcana Modern Magic. Ah. (laughs) And that would be, I would like for you to please make me someone who could theoretically fix these technical difficulties. I would like you to make me a city domain cleric. A city domain cleric. Okay. I got I got to tell you that I love this already. I just I love the idea of the city domain cleric. <laughs> so for those of our listeners who may not be aware of the modern magic unearthed arcana, it is an unearthed arcana release that basically deals with how magic would work in our modern world with technology. And several of the classes received new subclasses in the modern magic unearthed arcana, including the cleric who got the city domain, which is essentially the cleric draws their divine power from the city and from civilization unearth arcana modern magic i'm here for it city domain let me look at the first level ability you're able to tap into the spirit of the community found in the city while you're within any city you gain advantage of a single charisma deception intimidation and persuasion check and you're considered proficient in the appropriate skill you can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier hmm See, the only thing I don't like about this is that you're like a general city cleric. Like, if this were me, you would have to pick a city. Pick a side, you cowards. I don't want you to be able <laughs> to just walk in Chicago and just be able to tap into the magic of a city and then just go over to New York and then tap into the magic of their city. They're different. Fix it, wizards. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like that. I like that perhaps your magic is strongest when you are in your home city. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. But mm, you got to pick a pizza. You can't just <laughs> mm-hmm. you can't just deep dish and then go folded pizzas. No way. Uh, <laughs> I take it based on the name of your show, Dungeon and Deep Dish, that you are deep dish? Absolutely. I mean, if you're from Chicago, you have to be a deep dish person, like... You would be surprised. My sister is uh, a constant disappointment to me. (laughs) Of Hot Girls Corporation? Oh, no, don't you do this! Yeah, Don't you do this! What is it called? Hot hot Girls... Hot Girls LLC. Hot Girls LLC. There you go. I can't believe that has chased me here. (laughs) I mean, it had to. I'm the CEO. (laughs) Your sister Joy is the light of my life. Is she a big joy to you? Do you enjoy her presence? I'm sorry, you're in my turf now. (laughs) I did not come here to get bullied. (laughs) This isn't a punishment. You did come for the puns. That's kind of, it's part of our brand. Yeah, you just gotta roll with the punches, you know? Like... Don't they're do gonna it. punctuate the conversation every God once in a while. Damn but like, it. <laughs> I promise they will not exponentially increase oh, from here on out. That would hurt. That would physically hurt. <laughs> okay. Back to the city. 
let's talk about a couple of the things that you get as a city domain cleric noir. You already touched on the heart of the city. Yes. And being able to tap into the community in that city. Mm-hmm. But you also do get a bonus cantrip and bonus proficiencies. So at first level, you're going to get the on-off cantrip, which is a special modern magic cantrip where you can turn on or off any technology that has a simple one-step process. If it's got like a combination lock or something to turn it on or off, you can't do that. But if it's just a switch or a button, you can do it from a distance. And you also get proficiency with sidearms and land vehicles. I can't tell you how useful the level three spell find vehicle would be in my day-to-day life. Must be. Because <laughs> I never remember where I parked. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like summon woodland beasts because you just summon a spirit and it assumes the form of a car. Oh, wow. I thought it was just... You summon a fae spirit and it assumes the form of a car and you're driving around in a fae creature. <laughs> My fae creature is a Tesla. <laughs> We're creating at fourth level, so you would also get the spells at first level Comprehend Languages and Remote Access. Oh. So you can use any device within 120 feet of you as though it was right in front of you. You don't have to be, like, in front of a computer to use it. You can be 120 feet away. Oh, it's just like XCOM. And also at third level, you get Heat Metal, which I know is one of Darby's favorite spells. (laughs) I never use it, but it is a very disturbing spell that one day maybe my druid will be pushed hard enough to use. It is a terrifying spell when you really think about the practical applications of it. Oh yeah, in a world where people regularly wear metal armor like plate or like yeah. even just like chainmail, like You're just cooking people. Druids just mm-hmm. cook people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm looking at their channel divinity now. Yeah, spirits of the city. Starting at second level, you can use your channel divinity to call on the city for aid. As an action, you present your holy symbol and any city utility within 30 feet of you either works perfectly or shuts down entirely for one minute. Additionally, each hostile creature within 30 feet of you must make a charisma saving throw, and on a failed save, the creature is not prone or restrained by hazards such as entangling wires, high-pressure water erupting from fire hydrants, pavement collapsing to unseen potholes, and so on. That's dope. I like that. I like that a lot. One of the reasons I really love the modern magic UA, even though I've never gotten a chance to use it because all of my D&D games tend to be in like high fantasy settings. I really love how much they lean into what would a person with magical powers actually be able to do in our world? I've been looking for like what spell would make it easiest to just take money from an ATM. I mean, I think that there are other classes within the UA that probably would lend themselves more to that. Yeah, there's a warlock one that sounds like it might be able to do that too, a ghost of the machine. Oh yeah, your patron can just be a smartphone. (laughs) Oh my god, people can literally sell their soul to Apple. (laughs) Yeah. You haven't already? Like... There's a new kit of tools called Hacking Tools, which is probably what you would use in order to get free money from an ATM. This is dope. I like this. Okay, so what D&D race would I want to be IRL? Like, like if I could wake up tomorrow, <laughs> it just... I mean, part of me just wants to be a Goliath because that's an NFL contract immediately. An NFL player who, like, moonlights as a superhero (laughs) cleric who's just so in touch with his city 
Oh my god! Like it would be the best thing ever to be a Goliath city cleric that's in the NBA or the NFL because you're just going city to city. Perfect. That's what we're doing. And you're also like imbuing <laughs> like the spirit of the city, like like the love that you get from the city just sort of empowers you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why it works in other cities because your fans have traveled to watch you play. You might have a harder time casting spells in rival towns. Like if mm-hmm. you're if you're an NFL player and you're you're on the Bears and you find yourself in Green Bay. I mean, which is not much of a city anyway. I'm just gonna put that. Uh. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Hate me all you want to you cheese heads. I'm sorry. If you would like to send complaints, the Twitter account would be at the Noir Enigma. FTP. FTP. <laughs> I definitely know sports. <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I definitely know the sporty McSport sports. Uh, I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it's not important. I'm just saying that it's just, it would be harder to cast in, <laughs> in places that you are your rival. I entirely agree. <laughs> I think that now we have to make this Goliath cleric on the bears. I think they have to be on the national <laughs> team. Don't give me hope. <laughs> Give me hope that we would have a good player. <laughs> <laughs> so, Noir, I think that we should get to rolling some stats. Okay, let's do it. We are going to make, you know, uh, I mean, as a Goliath, he lends himself to the defense. Our defense is already stacked, so hopefully I can roll high on deck so we might get a quarterback. Uh, sorry, this is just going to be a lot of me crying inside. <laughs> no, it's okay. So for those who may be new to the show, the way that we roll stats here on Chaotic Creations is we roll 4d6, and you can re-roll any ones that you roll. You take the three highest numbers, add them together, and that is one of your stats, and you do that six times, and then we'll assign them after all six have been rolled. Okay, here we go. So what we rolled was an 18, a 13, a 12, a 16, a 15, and a 11. All right. Which is much better than anything that I rolled for my actual characters. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about stats, baby. (laughs) So we should figure out where we are going to put these stats. So as a Goliath, your strength score is going to increase by two and your constitution is going to increase by one. So whatever scores you put in those stats are going to increase. Okay, well, uh, let's see. I have an 18 and I'm building a cleric, so I figure that's where that's got to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kidoki. This class does seem to have a lot to do with charisma, but it lets you swap out your wisdom in place of charisma. So I don't think that's going to be too terribly important. But if our guy is going to be in the NFL and on the Chicago Bears, well, he's got to be strong. He's got to be strong as, uh, <laughs> as all heck. So I'm going to give him that 16. Two 18s at level Gutting right. So uh, he's a tough boy, but we can't afford to have any more injured players <laughs> on the Bears right now. It'd be truly unbearable. <sighs> we're five and two right now, so that's gonna date where we are. But we're doing, yeah. we're doing pretty okay. We play the Saints today, and it's not gonna go well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know what I'm I'm saying it here and uh I'm saying it here and I'm saying it now the Chicago Bears are going to the Super Bowl. I'm I'm just gonna put it right there. <laughs> you know what? Speak it into the world, try and manifest it. 
or the Bears are definitely going to take the Super Bowl. I know nothing about football. I know now two teams, the Green Day Packers and the Bears. <laughs> Green Day? Green Bay? Yeah, no, the acclaimed 1990s and 2000s punk rock band Green Day <laughs> Packers, a sponsor of an NFL team. I, that would make me hate them a little bit less. <laughs> We need to give my guy here a high constitution so he doesn't get injured. Yes. I'm going to give him the 15. All right. And that's going to go up to a 16. All right. Now, how much are we leading into the stereotype of football players being somewhat unintelligent? That stereotype is actually completely wrong because it takes intellect to be able to read the defense, read the offense, understand the playbook and execute the plays efficiently. Dumb players don't make it to the NFL. So I am going to give my guy the 13 in intelligence. Also, I think repeated concussions over several years can have an effect on how higher brain function works. Perhaps he began with a 15 intelligence and the concussions have just lowered it over time. I mean, high school football is what the second most deadly high school sport in the u.s and that's because of concussions and players going too soon back into the game that's a really dire statistic true facts though in california passed legislation to help protect players uh high school students who were playing football who were pushed to rejoin the team too early after a concussion because they might lose scholarships and they put legislation in Mm -hmm. place to help protect the players as a former athlete myself i'm always in favor of anything that protects child athletes from long-lasting damage yeah adults who just want to use them for their talent and don't care if they're useless by the time they're 23 i I feel bad about my goliath the city protects your boy the city protects (laughs) he can heal his fellow players because he's just so well loved by the city and the fans and he's so sweet that like you know, mm-hmm. the only football we can truly feel support with the clean conscience is fantasy football. <laughs> and not fantasy football like the gambling. <laughs> I mean, like, actually fantasy football. <laughs> this is like every Seattle Seahawks fan's dream where, like, their support could actually make their team better. Now I know three football teams. Mm. How do I say this diplomatically? I love... All of the cities that our listeners come from, and fuck Seattle. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? Don't, don't talk about the don't talk about the Legion of Boob like that. I res- I respect the Seahawks. They out here putting in work. I'm a soccer fan through and through, and the Timbers and Sounders rivalry is like it's tense, man. It's been going on for decades. I got dumped because I was a Bears fan. I dated this girl who was a a Packers fan and we didn't know. And so our first Sunday, we started watching the game. I came in navy and orange and she came in in green and yellow. And it was just like, (laughs) it was was good while it lasted. (laughs) I'm so glad that my partner knows nothing about soccer because I don't think that I could ever date someone who was either a Seattle Sounders or an LA Galaxy fan. It just wouldn't work. (laughs) What's LA Galaxy? It's your soccer team, Darby. You have a soccer team? <laughs> yes, you actually had two for a very long time. We had two? <laughs> you now have two again, actually. There were like a couple of years where Chivas was no longer a club in LA, and now you have LAFC, and you have Galaxy. Okay. You well, have two soccer teams. The only thing I really care about is baseball and basketball. Like, Wait, who you, who you got for uh, baseball and basketball? 
I mean, Lakers and Dodgers. Okay. This is how it's gotta be. I mean, I, was... I grew up, my dad would get tickets to, like, Dodgers and Lakers games from work, mm-hmm. and they were like, here, thanks for your help. Have these, like, nice tickets to, like, the Lakers <laughs> this... and the Dodgers. This is gonna be the one episode that you have to put in the sports column, by the way. <laughs> Here's my hot take about basketball and Darby. I'm sorry. It's easy to be a Lakers fan. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers have had it easy for too long. Us West Coasters hate the Lakers. You've, what? you've had what? Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> and now you've got LeBron James. You spoiled, spoiled people. I'm so sick of y'all. I hate y'all. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to struggle. <laughs> I'm a Bulls fan. You know how hard that is right now? Bulls who? Excuse <laughs> you. You had Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I had Michael Jordan. I had I had six years of excellence. And now I've got to deal with people constantly trying to diminish that with LeBron James. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Okay. You know what? I respect Damian Lillard deeply. He's a wonderful human, both on and off the court. And also, I don't want to hear either of y'all complaining. <laughs> Because I am a Blazers fan, okay? I don't want to hear either of you complaining about your basketball teams. I, you don't, don't catch me complaining about the Lakers. I feel about Lakers fans the same way I feel about Patriots fans, which is you spoiled brats. How dare yep. you? <laughs> anyway, I still got two stats to assign. So... Looking back at these scores, with the lowish dexterity score that we're going to have, I'm assuming that our character is not going to be the quarterback. He is not going to be the quarterback. Because uh, he's not going to have a high enough dexterity for that. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you know, with the dexterity of, of 11, he still would be the best quarterback the Bears have ever had. Uh, so-, <laughs> <laughs> so are we putting the 11 in dex? No, I'm going to switch out the 13 and put that into Dex, and I'm going to give his intelligence he's going to get. Remember that for City Domain Cleric, having a charisma score that's a little bit higher is good. I thought most of the abilities swapped charisma for his wisdom. So you can gain advantage on uh, charisma checks. Oh, so he is going to need a solid... That changes things. All right, so... I'm going to give that 13 to Charisma. I'm going to give the 11 to Dex. So yeah, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. Oh, and we're level four, so we can make it better. Well, kind of. So on Chaotic Creations, we believe that the dice giveth and the dice taketh away. You get what you get. So Uh (laughs) rather than taking an ability score improvement at level four, we ask that you take a feat. But okay. we will get to that later. Okay. Ooh. But first, can you read for us final answer? What are your ability scores? His strength is an 18. His dexterity is an 11. His constitution is a 16. His intelligence, 12. His wisdom is another 18. And his charisma is a 13. Sounds excellent. So we've already looked over several of the features of the city domain cleric. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about background quickly. I think that there's definitely one background that most lends itself toward being an NFL player, but I want to keep it open for whatever you think. I think Folk Hero is actually going to be the one that's much more accurate for a professional NFL player. Uh, Get animal handling and survival. (laughs) 
I never said it worked. I just think it makes sense. And I can explain it. No, I mean no, I quite like it. I like it. I was I was leaning more toward the athlete or gladiator background, but mm-hmm. I quite like folk hero. I like folk hero because it's just like if you've ever been into a town that has had somebody make it all the way to the NFL, everybody talks about it. It's just like mm-hmm. I played with him when we grew up. You know, I went to gym class with him. And, yeah, all that kind of stuff. I went to a high school that did have a bunch of people go pro, and it's all anybody talks about. Kind of is very much like a folk hero in your town. I'm sure wherever the hell LeBron James went to kindergarten, everybody <laughs> who registers their kid into that kindergarten knows that LeBron James with the kindergarten <laughs> so it's just like I love it I think that that totally works so for skill the skill proficiency you get as a folk hero you're gonna get animal handling and survival yeah I, I that doesn't make sense but it works uh in my head maybe you love your pets and you just in your spare time you take care of you take care of the animals there are so many professional athletes who like volunteer their time at animal shelters yeah you take care of the strays you take care of strays because you love the city and the city loves you there we go that's it there there it is there it is you're also going to get a tool proficiency in an artisan's tools Okay, <laughs> I've got this. He's going to be a cobbler. Interesting. Why a cobbler? Because he is going to be very hands-on with the creation and marketing of his Nike shoe. <laughs> <laughs> He's just taking a step, you know, putting the right foot forward and starting that career early. God damn it, <laughs> He has the power to heal. It's oh! not full focus. <laughs> I know, I'm really towing the line with the number of puns I just threw out there, but I'll stop. Yeah, it really comes from his soul. (laughs) A rare Harper pun emerges. (laughs) I think we've killed Noir. (laughs) The feature that you get from folk here is rustic hospitality, so you fit in with the common folk from uh, any town, particularly your town, though, and you can find a place to hide or to rest, uh, and they will shield you from the law and from anyone else who's searching for you, and I feel like that's very accurate to, you know, a hometown celebrity. Yeah, I mean, if Michael Jordan came here, it was just like, I murdered eight people. Could you hide me out? I'd be like, first off, (laughs) can you sign my shoes? (laughs) Second (laughs) off, come on in, man. (laughs) Come on in. Uh, How many bodies you got? (laughs) I think I get two tool proficiencies and I only pick the one. Yes, you also get uh, proficiency in land vehicles, which you already got from your cleric domain. I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him Weaver's tools so he can come out with a whole fashion line. I love you know? it. Nice. Looking good on and off the court, you know? We like to go through the list of the mm-hmm. personality, bond, ideal, and flaw. All right. So looking through, you don't have to roll the dice for these. Just which one of these speak to you for this character? Can I choose to roll the dice? Oh, yes. You can choose to roll the dice if you want to. Make it truly chaotic up in here. Let's get wild. It says choose two, so I'm going to roll it twice. Mm-hmm. So the first one says, I judge people by their actions, not their words. And then the second one is, if someone is in trouble, I'm always ready to lend help. Oh, this makes sense for This is a good dude. That's so sweet. This is like a real hometown boy who just grew up learning from the community and wants to give back to the community. Oh, I can see it. He's so sweet. 
Oh my god, I did not expect for him to be a sweet being. Yeah. Okay, that was personality traits. So mm-hmm. we could go to ideals. Ideals is just we roll one and I'm gonna do go random again. His ideals is might. If I become strong, I can take what I want, what I deserve. Okay, are you feeling like you want to keep that one or would you like to re-roll that? Because we don't need to make an evil character if you don't want to. I, I want to re-roll it. If I get evil twice, then we're just gonna stick with it. But I, uh, okay. I don't know. Okay, the, the ideal I wrote though, the second one is respect. People deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Yes, we need more professional athletes who are willing to like put themselves out there for that. Like we've gotten we've gotten a few over the years and like this past year the NBA as a whole has been a lot better about it, but still like <laughs> I could I could go off on an entire 3 hour rant about how I feel about the NFL's flip-flop on the whole Black Lives Matter thing. It's just like uh. Uh, you, yep, that I flip, do keep up with You that flipping sports. cowards. You cowards. Mm-hmm. Um, There's basically no corporate entity that isn't cowards when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Very much so. Very much so. Corporations are not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the bourgeoisie. All right, uh, so next we're on to the bonds. Uh, so I'm going to roll the bond that he has and i rolled my tools are a symbol of my past life and i carry them so that i will never forget my roots what if in this small town his family was like they did like clothing stuff so they did shoes and like tailors and and you know that's how he grew up and then he was like you know i want to play football dad i want to go professional he's like okay son we're gonna do our best to support you you know you have the whole town behind you you're gonna make it and it's like Oh my gosh, wait, did his family make him his first ever pair of cleats? Yes, and he still oh. has them. Oh, that's His that's first precious. jersey, too. Yep, so he still has all that. He's very much like Michael Jordan in the sense that he still wears his his high school jersey underneath the professional jersey when he goes to play. Oh, does he? That's so cool. Oh yeah, Jordan used to wear his North Carolina Tar Heels shorts under his Bulls ones for a little bit there, or at least that's... How the legend goes. <laughs> Michael Jordan, that flawed legend that he is. He, he is the goat, and I refuse to acknowledge any of his flaws. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the gambling existed. The gambling um, was a thing. I, I think your sound cut out, because I didn't hear anything. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, but our sweet, sweet boy does need a flaw. Yeah, so we're going to give our sweet, sweet boy a flaw. We're going to roll it random and see. The tyrant who rules my land will stop at nothing to see me killed. Mm. I mean, maybe he is a bit of a political boy and the mayor doesn't like him that much. I was going to say he sounds like a black Goliath in the ruler of the land is Donald Trump. So it's, it's kind of on brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that there are plenty of corrupt white politicians in the United <laughs> States. And so yep. at least one of them doesn't like this outspoken member of the Chicago Bears. Yep. Really? They're corrupt politicians? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those times I kind of wish that we were streaming this so that people could see Darby's facial expressions. I will say this. Anybody who knows me knows how much this means. It's been worth the puns. <laughs> the facial expressions have wow. been worth the puns. <laughs> 
So I think maybe part of that that goes along with that is like knowing that the tyrant who rules the land is gonna stop and I think see you killed. And yet I think that this character is probably one that still can't really keep his mouth shut and like is like, no, screw you. I'm still gonna talk about my politics. Yeah, he's from a small town. Yes, the small town of Chicago. Well, (laughs) we're imagining that he went from a small town to like to being like this big time football person, right? Like that's how we're imagining it and that the city... I don't know actually what you would, I've never been to Chicago, so I'm not sure what you would call the equivalent of it, but I think of like in New York City, he comes from a certain borough. Chicago is made up of like a bunch of smaller towns and it's just, we're all Chicago together. And one of the things is when you come to Chicago, you will be able to see very much the different sides of it. The South side is beautiful and creative, but it's also underfunded like crazy. And then when you go come to the North side, it's lively it's got a awesome like bar scene and this is where they put all the money because it's where the colleges and the rich folk live you know mm-hmm. maybe he's from the south side then because if it's underfunded as hell maybe that's what he's outspoken about i'm not gonna make him from the south side because we have a bunch of south side idols that i love but i don't know what happens to them they just kind of there's a defect and they just get wild <laughs> so like we're just is there a neighborhood you imagine him being from I imagine him being from one of the neighboring Chicago suburbs, your Maywood, Melrose, a shout out to Maywood and Melrose, where it's still touching Chicago, but it's not, but a lot of talent comes out of those little suburbs. I'm going to say he's from a, a neighboring Chicago suburb, a Western suburb, mainly because that's where you know I grew up. Shout out to Bellwood, we out here. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, he comes from one of those suburbs, goes to, does his thing in college, comes back to get drafted by the Chicago Bears and very much like a true Chicagoan he does not know when to shut the front door <laughs> that's how I'm seeing him so far is he just he came back home I don't imagine he went to college in Illinois I think he might have gone off to like you know California live and kind of rejected the California lifestyle which not a lot of Chicagoans do when they go to California they kind of stick so stay there you traitorous cowards you come back to the cold where you belong oh <laughs> but <laughs> Let's talk about the skill proficiencies that you're going to get from being a cleric. So uh, you've already gotten animal handling and survival and being a Goliath gives you a natural ability in athletics. So you have that Mm -hmm. skill proficiency as well. So you get to choose two from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. I'm going to have him take insight so he can kind of read the plays. I'm going to give him proficiency in history so that he can recall a legendary plays of yore. <laughs> he recognizes plays that have happened before and he can kind of see where they're going with his insight. I like that. But I also love that like a city domain cleric would be proficient mm-hmm. in history because like, you know, the history sure. of where it is that you come from. Absolutely. And he kind of gets his history less from books, but more like i don't know if you have the kind of friends that'll take you to a dive bar and tell you everything about this dive bar like (laughs) like oh my god somebody was stabbed in that corner over there like okay well um thanks like he goes all like to all these different cities and people like him and they take him to their favorite bars and tell him the history of all these bars and all the things that Mm -hmm. are close to it and you know unlike me he actually pays attention and listens and remembers 
But I like that because he is a folk hero, he is city domain, he's very connected with where he comes from. He yeah. knows a lot about it. I mean, and that can kind of play with his insight, too. He has to talk to so many people. He get he kind of just can read them at this point, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There is something described to me as, like, the Seattle shoulder or something like that. I don't remember. It's, like, way that people talk to each other. It's like, oh, if you're from Seattle, and you're like, oh, my God, yeah, I'll totally see you later. It was something like, no, I'm never going to see you. Like, <laughs> this is just the polite way to say, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> like regionally, every region's got that way of talking where it's like, we know what this actually means. It's yeah. like how if you're from the South, bless your heart doesn't mean bless your heart. Yeah. yeah. I, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this lady's being so nice to me. <laughs> or the extreme passive aggressiveness of LA. <laughs> We've talked a lot about this character's backstory, but mm-hmm. we haven't actually given him a name yet. Yeah, we have not. Names are the things that I'm, oh, I'm the worst at. <laughs> Because, like, I'll either go too jokey or, like, too niche. Mm -hmm. I want him to have a tough-sounding name. Like, when you hear the name, you know that he's an athlete and he's brolic as hell. Okay. Do you want him to have, like, a human name that sounds like he actually come from Chicago? Or do you want to lean more into the Goliath names? We'll, 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 we'll give him a real name. The way I'm imagining this is just like some actual Goliath kind of came into our dimension and left their baby. <laughs> just <managed. laughs> so we've got we've got like a little bit of a Superman situation happening where he's actually a Goliath, but people just think he's a really swole human. I love it. <laughs> I would give him the name. <laughs> this is actually him. His last name should be Packer. Or, or we don't do that. Or Steeler. <laughs> or... <laughs> Ram or Green Day? I'm naming all yes, football the, teams. Yes, the I NFL know. team Green Day. Oh. <laughs> you know, I think my favorite thing is that I'm going to leave this podcast knowing that somewhere in Darby's head, she actually thinks Green Day <laughs> is the NFL football team. <laughs> Uh, and not the artisans of the premier <laughs> resistance album of our time. I can't even name a single s- American Idiot. Oh, oh, they're the ones who did American Idiot. Oh my god, I'm gonna name him Billy Joel, and I just need <laughs> a, a last name. <laughs> Billy Joel. Wait, Billy Joel. Billy Joe. Oh, Billy Joe. Yeah, Darby, not Billy Joel. <laughs> Who's Billy Joel? What? I heard Billy <laughs> Joel. That's my bad. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, he's running Green Day. What's like a classic last name that like, because there are like, I think regionally across the US, there's last names that you hear everywhere. What's like a classic Chicago last name? I can't really think of like a, just a classic Chicago. I mean, because they're, the ones that I know are just like, just general names in general, like Smith, Robinson, Johnson. Okay. Billy Joe Johnson does sound like a badass football player name, though. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him that one. Billy Joe Johnson. All right. BJJ. <laughs> Anyway, use two his initials. It will always say BJ. It's BJJ. BJJ. Like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I meant. Yeah, that's definitely what BJJ would stand for. Yeah, what else would it stand for, y'all? Bad job, job. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you, Darby. I'm coming to California and I'm gonna fight. Has Darby ever told you the story of how she one time, she was in China and she bought her partner like an I Heart New York shirt, but from Beijing and it said I Heart BJ? An excellent gag gift, if I do say so myself. 
why are you like this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. That's a good question. I've been asking myself the same thing. <laughs> it's, just, it's just been building up this whole time. <laughs> I'm like she's she's gotta she's gotta run out of sauce at some point. No, it she can't doesn't. Keep, no. It can't keep going. It's you been going for five years that I've known her, and probably longer. Have y'all watched Breaking Bad? No. There's a scene where Jesse just has enough of Walter being Walter, and he just screams out. He, he can't keep getting away with it. And like that's that's how I feel right now. Okay. Okay. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I think that the last thing that we have to finish off Billy Joe Johnson is we need to pick a feat for him. That is true. He has we two already. If... God damn it. <laughs> Darby, we have to finish the episode. Come on now, focus. <laughs> no, because it fucked me up because I was just like, I don't remember picking a feat. Oh, wait, God. <laughs> you're right. You're right. This will be the center of my attention. This is the sole thing I'll focus on. <laughs> Alright, so we've got, I mean, you would think athlete might be the one that you want to... Or maybe grappler? Because of, I don't know how football works, actually. It would depend on, what what position do you imagine him playing? You know what, I want him on the offensive line because we don't have an offensive line right now, so I want him <laughs> under center. Okay. <laughs> he says we're league looking at the Saints versus Beers tab. So I want him... I don't want him to be a grappler because I want us to get in trouble with the hold calls. Maybe Charger? I mean, that would be more if he were on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to give him athlete. Reason is, if he gets knocked prone, I need him to get back up quickly to be able to protect our QB. And you can increase dexterity by one, which would give it a 12. Oh, you know what would be interesting is maybe Sentinel. Oh, Sentinel. Because that way, if you hit it with an opportunity attack, it can't move. Mm-hmm. They provoke opportunity attacks even if they disengage from you. Yeah. And if they make an attack against target other than you, you can attack them. That's perfect for the O-line. Yeah. If he knocks them down, they stay down. Yep, I like that. That's the one. We're going Sentinel. God, can I draft him for the Bears? I need him right now. We need him. So can you give us like maybe just like a 30 second, one minute summary of Billy Joe Johnson? Billy Joe Johnson was a young man adopted by a family in the western suburbs of Chicago. He realized that he had an immediate knack for athletics as he was the tallest boy in all of his classes forever and always. Then he realized he was the tallest person in every room he's ever been in. Not really understanding that he's not exactly exactly human but nobody brought it up to him he would then go off after graduating from proviso west to some college in california i don't know you pick one ucla or whatever usc Uh, he he would go there and he would learn a lot about the game of football in the city that he resided in but the most important thing that he would take back with him is the knowledge that in and out is wildly overrated he would come back to (laughs) chicago upon being drafted by the chicago bears to play center offensive line he was a hero to everybody 
in every town that he resided in. He was a kind dude. He would spend a lot of time with the locals in any area that he was in, becoming a bit of a folk hero to any and all of them. And he, he, he kind of, wherever he went, he found himself attuned to the city. You know, he would be able to time the stoplights. Just, he just would effortlessly move throughout the city. And being able to move so effortlessly throughout the cities, he was able to see more of what the cities had to offer in that also includes the injustices in the cities that he traveled to he would speak out about this injustice to the chagrin of many of the po- local politicians who were happy with the way things were billy joe johnson was not exactly the most charismatic individual not necessarily the most smart but he had a lot of heart and he listened and through listening he was able to hear from the people directly about the misallocation of funds the disproportionate representation in the legislature of the cities that he was in and he would use his profile and platform to bring attention to that and all the while he's doing that he's killing it on the NFL field leading the Chicago Bears to several Super Bowls several (laughs) (laughs) which is out of everything that we're talking about the most unrealistic part (laughs) not the magic not the Goliath in our human world but the fact that we would win several if we ever do win several though I can tell you that my city will be intolerable we won one in 85 and we won't stop talking about it and if we win several we're going to carpet bomb the united states to end the country so that we are the best (laughs) we're just gonna end it with us winning (laughs) the last time champs all right well noir i hope that maybe one day someone like billy joe johnson does eventually join the chicago bears so that y'all have a decent team just we just need an offense lord that's all we need i've been praying Coming to the end of our episode here, we have had so much fun talking with you. (laughs) Is there anything that you would like to plug? Where can our dear listeners find you? Check me out on Twitter. That's where you'll be able to find all the updates and all the stuff that I'm doing. I'll be back on Entanglement, a show with Nomadic that was on hiatus. So I look forward to that. Like past Justin is actually very excited for future Justin to be back in that project. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch as The Noir Enigma. I'm doing a bunch of live streams so just check me out check out my schedule hopefully by the time you watch this i'm more organized and i have a schedule that you can follow thank you all for having me here of course yeah come watch noir on twitch with me and make him uncomfortable by cheering bits at him (laughs) no (laughs) no oh i have so many bits from when i watched dungeons and deep dish (laughs) darby no But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, Noir. This has been thank so much fun. Thank you for having me. I desperately want to see more of my friends on here. This is dope. We would desperately love more of your friends to come <laughs> on this show. Sweet. I'm just going to start bullying people. <laughs> That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes and web design is by Darby Pack. The art is by Kiku Hughes, who you can find on Twitter at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. If you'd like to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ChaoticPod. 
You can also join our Discord server by going to our website, chaoticpod.com, or using our link tree in our Twitter bio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. It helps new listeners to find us. And tell your favorite nerdy friend about us while you're at it. It's the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening.